Thanks for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcast, including YouTube. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And also, go to SiriusXM. Listen to Channel 190 Saturday at 2.30 Central Time, and you can hear the hometown broadcast with David Kellum and the Ole Miss radio crew on SiriusXM, or you can just search Ole Miss or Ole Miss Rebels on the SXM app. That is pretty cool indeed. Hello, I'm Stephen Willis, and I'm joined by Dalen Flowers, who was at the ball game on Saturday. We're going to talk a little bit about that. We're going to talk a little bit about the Tulane game coming up. How you doing, Dalen? I'm doing good, my friend. It's good to be back with you, and uh, it's good to have football back in. It's an exciting time right now. It, it definitely is. Now, we, the sad thing is we spent – months trying to speed it up and get to the point where football was actually happening and now we're one out of 12 gone it's like one step closer to it being gone it's just it, that that's a depressing thought yeah yeah it, it, it you know you wait like you say we wait so long for it and I, I tell people that you know you tailgate and you have so much fun there's no place like Oxford because you only get seven or six or seven of these every year and so you love to live it up and experience it and enjoy every moment of it so it's good to be back and we're just going to enjoy every moment that we get out there yes exactly um now Dalen you were in the stadium on Saturday what what was the stadium like what was the atmosphere like talk about the pregame and how they built it up and the things that they have going on in the stadium uh well, well I'll tell you what Stephen uh the atmosphere is really good this year and uh, I compared a lot to the first game against Troy last year and it was significantly better than when we played Troy last year in the opening game um the student section was off the charts and I a lot of the student section was filled up uh, about an hour before the game had even started and I, so the students are definitely excited and the stadium was quite full for the first game of the season compared to last year um. The event hype was very well. Um, they had a lot of good video packages showing the quarterback competition and the offseason hype and the transfer and a lot of the new coaches that we got into the program this offseason. Um, so they did really good with that. They spent a lot of time also showing other games that were going around around the country. Of course, TCU in Colorado was a big topic yesterday, and they had the game uh, put up on the big screen for people to watch as well. Um, but the, the atmosphere was really good, man. Like, I know Lane had – Mentioned a lot last year, especially the first couple of games, just, you know, how that maybe after halftime the stadium looked a little depleted, you know, the first couple of games of the season. But I really didn't see that yesterday. It seemed to be a really good atmosphere. The vibes were really good. And it just seemed to be like a lot of people were excited that we had football back and this team could really make some noise in the conference and in the country. So the team, the atmosphere, the fans, the students seemed really well put to be back in the stadium. And honestly, I think that, that helped motivate the guys to play well yesterday. And I know a lot of people are saying, oh, it's just Mercer, but we've played a lot easier opponents in the past couple of years and had a much more difficult time with teams. So I think the, the boys and the coaches staff enjoyed what the atmosphere was like from start to finish yesterday. Yeah, and whenever um, they announced in the starting lineups and they did that and it was Jackson Dart, what was the crowd like? It was, it was really well, um, and for me, you know this, and if people have kept up, I believe in Jackson Dart, um, and I believe that we should support him and we should support whoever was named the starting quarterback, and the, the support for Jackson when his name was brought up on the on the big board, on the big board was really well. Um, the, the fans were really hyped. They chanted his name really well, and I believe that is what we needed to do. Even if you don't believe that 
he was the guy or you still have doubts about what he can do on the field, um, you have to support the kid. He is the quarterback for our team right now, and that's what he needs. We don't, he doesn't need us to bash him for everything he does. He needs our support because initially we didn't give him that. And, of course, he, you know, had a lot of things that was going through his mind when he first got here, but now he's got the system understood, and he looked really well yesterday. And I think if we can support him, not even just us, but the coaching staff and his fellow players can do that. And I think they have shown that they will do that so far through week one and in the offseason. He's going to be fine, man. But the support was really good for him. And I think he really needs that because he's been through a lot. Yeah, uh, let, let's let's go on to the game and talk about that since you brought it up. Jackson Dart looked like a different quarterback than last season. He was very decisive with the football. He was driving the ball all over the field accurately. He was um, a perfect score in the middle of the field. He had a perfect score of the NFL passing rating in the middle of the field. Is like seven of eight, three touchdowns, and about 150 yards between the numbers. Jackson looked like a completely different quarterback in a good way, and he wasn't bad last year. Well, he wasn't bad at all, Stephen, but I could definitely see the improvement um, from last year and throughout the offseason. You know, Lane and Charlie Wise had talked about that he looked really well um, throughout the past couple of months when we were out football. And, man, again, I'm just happy for the kid. He deserves to go out there, have fun with the game, win football games, and enjoy the moment. And he looked good, Stephen, and we had talked about so much about how we really hardly didn't use the middle of the field at all last season within our offense in the passing game. And man, did Jackson Dart utilize that yesterday, whether it was Jordan Watkins, Trey Harris, it didn't matter who was out there. He used the middle of the field. But I would say one thing that I noticed really from Jackson was his ability to move around the pocket and not, and not, you know, get stressed out. You know, he wasn't trying to overdo things. You know, if he got a a defense alignment from Russia to Russia. He used his feet really well to make a play for his receivers to get open. And he was throwing it out there just really well, felt really comfortable. And that's something that I had talked about with you during the springtime and with people around Oxford. I always felt like last year, Jackson was trying to be Superman. And he didn't have to do that. He just had to be Jackson Dart. And I felt like yesterday, he just he was Jackson Dart. He used what he knew how to do. He used all his tools. And he succeeded. And I think that's all he has to do. I think now that we have the opportunity with so many weapons, whether it's Quinshawn, all the new wide receivers, um, the offensive line look really well. I think Jackson just has to be comfortable when he that's what he did yesterday. And I think if he can continue to do that, man, the sky's the limit for his offense and for Jackson, man. Because again, I think if he can be happy and that's what he looked to be yesterday, really, really happy with a big smile on his face. Even before the game started, I saw him walking down the walk of champions. He just had a big smile on his face. And the happier you are, I feel like for him, man, the, the better he's going to perform. So, like I said, man, we continue to support that kid. There's guys in the form, man. You know, as good of a day as it was for Jackson Dart, I don't think it was as good as the day that Trey Harris had. When you're three and a half minutes into the first quarter of your debut with the Ole Miss Rebels and you have tied the school record for touchdown receptions, I mean, I mean Trey, Trey had a day. He did. He did. It, it's – it's really impressive because I don't know if people know this is his first game in a Rebel jersey, and he looked really good. He got out there on the first drive, and I said, this kid looks really big. He's been in the weight room. He looks good. For her. He looks in shape. And, man, he had a field day. And I was sitting right on the end zone where the student section was, and every time he got in the end zone, he just got up and let a scream out. And, and that's, that's, just, that's just a good feeling for me, man. This team seemed to be really happy yesterday. They seemed to be really happy throughout the offseason. And Trey looked good, man. Like, he didn't even – I'm sorry. He didn't look good. He looked great. 
he was his route running was good, his catching was good, and man, when he got that ball, his head was going to the end zone. He didn't want to let anybody stop him from getting to the end zone, and he didn't, man. And he just seemed to be free. And I think that's what Lane had really wanted. You know, we had guys, Jonathan Mingo last season and years before that, you know, was that star guy. And I kind of felt like going in this season, who do we have as that that big receiver? Who is that guy that can get upfield and, and catch some beat ball and, you know, get some yards after catches? And, man, did Trey look really good yesterday. And honestly speaking, I know when we got him, I didn't know much about him. I had seen some tapes of him, um, and I heard a lot of good things about him. But yesterday was a good eyesight for me to say that this kid can really play some ball. And he can get upfield, man. He can break a lot of tackles. You know, he can get where he wants to on the field. He can get up. This kid looked big. He looked really big and tall, and he made a lot of noise with his, with just his high and strength, man. And he was getting to the places where he got to. And when you got an eye for the end zone like that, man, ooh, Lane Kiffin is going to feed you, man. So. It was, it was fun to see him out there yesterday. Yeah, it looks like Lane Kiffin traditionally has two players that he feeds. That that's the way he there two offensive players that are stars that he's going to figure out how to use them in certain ways. I think this year it looks like it's going to be Trey Harris and Quinshawn Judkins. Um, and that is without Caden Priestcorn. That is without Sakari Franklin. There's still a lot of pieces that have to be added to this team. This team is nowhere near a finished product at this point, and it only can get exp- more explosive if it all comes together and if it all works out. The, the ceiling on this group is absolutely through the roof. It is, man. And that's something that I was going to talk to you about, man. Like, we didn't have Caden Preschool. We didn't have Zakari Franklin, who, you know, a lot of people would say might have been our two biggest offseason pickups on the off- offensive side of the ball. And so we, you know, we put up so many points and set records on the offensive side of the ball yesterday, really without maybe two of our potential biggest threats on the offensive side of the ball yesterday. And I would like to just shout out Jordan Watkins, man. He looked absolutely phenomenal, whether he was a receiver on the special teams. He looked so good. Um, he looked quick. His hands were good. He just looked happy, and he had an excited time out there. Even when he wasn't, you know, having a ball directed to him, he was blocking really well. And I think Jordan Watkins had a lot of good improvement from the offseason. So it was good to see him out there and having a blast and being all over the field too. But, man, the offense was really good, man. Yeah, one last thing on the Mercer game, and this is something that, you know, everybody likes – if anybody like – I call them Eeyore fans – and it's no matter what happens, but it was Mercer. It was Mercer. Yeah. It's like, yeah, but it was 70. Um, mm-hmm. You know, you, you play Mercer. Everybody plays Mercer every year. Hardly anybody puts 70 on them. That, that's still a still a thing. But when you looked at mop-up time, like extreme mop-up duty, and we're talking about in years past, and this is no insult to Kincaid Dent, but this is the time when Kincaid Dent would be the quarterback of the Ole Miss Rebels, and the running back would be Matt Jones, and the wide receivers would be like Rafe Vincent. Those guys would have been the ones out on the field at the time. You look around at this game, you had a five-star playing quarterback. He was throwing passes to four stars, and the backup to Oregon State running the ball was playing running back. And this was like with two minutes left to go in the fourth quarter when you were just letting the people play. This team is so talented. Yeah, they are, Stephen. And, you know, something that really shocked me was the way Pete Golden had his team ready. You know, the the, the game started really bad with the first play against Mercer May and the quarterback went straight up the field to score. But Pete, after that, he adjusted really well. And he kept slamming and slamming and slamming against Mercer. And I think that is something 
in this day and age of football, it is really important. Him a defensive coordinator adjust and get his guys ready to adjust to anything the offense throws at them and keep at the boys ready. And they look excited. They look hungry. They, they were attacking really well, whether it was pressure the quarterback, the linebackers were getting to the line of scrimmage to stop the run really well. The secondary, even with the new secondary coach and West, West neighbors, they look really well as two in the off in the secondary. So it, it was really exciting, man. And like you said, uh, people will say it's it was just mercy, but what if we had lost that game, you know? And then the, the opposites would have been saying so many different things, you know? And like I said earlier, and I think you talked about this, we played much worse teams in the past and had, I wouldn't say more difficult times, but didn't look as good as we did yesterday against much higher, higher quality opponents than Mercer. And so I'm not going to sit here and say, you know, we are – gonna you know go crazy this year but it was a good stepping stone to see what we had out there and it also was a good calling card for us to know that we have a lot of talent we have a lot of confidence and we have guys to go play some football and so it doesn't matter who you're playing man because at the end of the the game the goal is to win the football game and that's what we do yesterday we dominated so that's what we have to continue doing yeah the expectation when everybody was picking it it was like 52 to 3 52 to 7 well, we missed that prediction by under-guessing by 20 points. So that that is a real thing, and that is worth handling as well. So let's turn our attention to the Tulane Green Wave now. Tomorrow we will do the keys of the weekend. Looking at this game, what do you think Ole Miss needs to do moving forward? I think – Right now, the preparation needs to be consistently finding a rhythm within the offense and the defense. And when I say that, um, let's not underestimate Tulane. First of all, Tulane is a ranked team, top 25 team, a team that just won the Cotton Bowl, and we're going to New Orleans. It's not a game in Oxford. It's a road game for us. Um, and so let's take a step back and let's understand what we watched this weekend. Um, I think the offense moves really well, but I, I think we could also – um, integrate Quinshawn more than we did yesterday. Um, I think we saw a lot of the run game last year with Zach Evans. Now that he's gone, can we get more touches for Quinshawn and maybe some other guys? You Lewis has been look well yesterday too, but can we get more of the run game involved to maybe open up some more deep shots for Jackson Dart over the weekend? I think Quinshawn improved tremendously with his passing ability in, in terms of being a receiver because he looked really good outside as well yesterday. But I think if we can develop the run game that we had yesterday, last year, um, that could be a key piece in us defeating Tulane because Tulane has a really good linebacking core, and they love to pressure the running back and, and try to get in the backfield as quickly as possible. And so I think if we can get a good early run game front against Tulane, that will be a really good benefit us because it will open up late game opportunities to pass the ball really well for us. Yeah, the one thing, the other thing, sneak peek for everybody for tomorrow's show I'm going to talk about how the secondary does against Michael Pratt throwing the ball. They have a couple of speedy wide receivers and they hit some deep shots like 150 yards worth of their passing of the 270 something yards passing um, for Michael Pratt. Pratt was done on four passes. Everything else, it was short, it was measured, but those deep shots, they can get you from time to time. So the defense really needs to be on their toes as well anyway thank you for making the locked on Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day we're free and available wherever you get your podcast including youtube we're part of the locked on podcast network your team every 
single day. Dalen, thank you so much for stopping by. I look forward to talking to, with you each week, buddy. Appreciate you having me again, my friend. Uh, appreciate you for keeping things going, man. We love having having you uh, speak about our, our university, man, because it's a great town. It's a great place, and it's the best place in the world, man. So thank you for what you're doing. Howdy toddy, folks. Howdy toddy.